What's your worst Zoom experience? Mine was with an interstate colleague who decided it was a good idea to place her camera at the side of her PC. She spent most of the meeting looking straight ahead at her screen, not the camera, which meant that my deep and meaningful conversations were with her right ear. My take on it is that we've all been forced to jump on the bandwagon of video meetings with very little training about how to present well. It's bad enough having a dreadful Microsoft Teams experience, but what happens if the video interaction is actually a job interview? Your level of skill in managing to sell yourself on this new medium can be the difference between job and no job. Welcome to Career Chinwags for the 21st Century. This is season one, where we're looking at how to survive and even thrive in your career during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, video interviewing isn't a new thing. It's quite common to have remote and one-way pre-recorded questions that you have to face when you're applying for a role. And the scariest one I can think of is in 2015, KPMG Australia asked 10,000 grads to submit a four-minute video selfie to win a role there. Talk about stressful. Now most employers conduct at least their first meeting using Zoom. And online interviews are not going to go away anytime soon. To survive, you'll need to upskill yourself. And there are two distinct areas for you to focus on. The easiest aspect is the technical aspect. As always, the most difficult is your mental readiness. So let's start with getting your mindset right. Mental readiness really is a matter of lights, camera, action. In my career choices manual, the chapter about interviews is deliberately called putting on the interview hat, with my message being that we all have to sell ourselves in a slightly stronger way in an interview. So you put on the hat, you go into the interview and you perform. And when the interview's over, you take the hat off and you go back to being a normal human being. In a video interview, the performance aspect becomes more important and more difficult. It's more important because the employer misses out on lots of clues that you would normally give during a face-to-face encounter. And so your performance needs to be strong enough to overcome this deficit. Video means we also need to work harder to process nonverbal cues like facial expressions, the tone and pitch of the voice and body language. It's more difficult for you because you also miss out on the feedback from the interviewer and it can take a great deal of resolve for you to communicate well when you're getting no feedback from the other person or when you're getting mixed feedback or less feedback from the other person. For both of these reasons, your behaviour needs to be a performance in the true sense of the word and I've got three tips to help you out. Tip number one, prepare. Do you think an actor just turns up on the night of a performance and wings it? They don't. A good actor has thought deeply about the character. They've learned the lines. They've experimented endlessly with different delivery. So take inspiration from the stage and complete the following steps in chronological order. Step one, write out your script. Think of everything they could possibly ask you and prepare a compelling answer. Write in bullet points, not full prose. That way you'll be learning content that sounds more natural. Step two, there is no substitute for practice. Practice, practice, practice. 
there's no danger that you're going to sound over-rehearsed during the actual interview because their questions are not going to be exactly the same as the ones you've prepared for. And so, of course, you would naturally adjust your prepared answers. Step number three is to film yourself. I can't believe how few people are willing to film themselves. Nobody needs to see it. You can delete it immediately after you've assessed your performance. But if you film yourself, you'll notice so much. You'll notice whether you have a repetitive gesture that you hadn't realised. You'll notice if you say um too much. You'll notice awkward pauses. You'll notice if you actually have lack of animation. And then when you're ready, step four, the final step, is to find a real live person who will drill you and critique you in your interview skills practice. So as soon as you're even thinking about applying for a role, start your preparation. As soon as you construct that cover letter, that's when you should be starting for your interview preparation. Ask yourself, how much do you want that job? And then ask yourself whether you're prepared to do the work to get the job. Tip number two, perform. I'm an animated extroverted communicator, but even I feel really false and quite uncomfortable talking to somebody on a video link. I'm one of these people who are quite lost without the cues from my listener and I've realised that I end up talking in a really flat tone of voice. Once I realised it, I've come to terms with the fact that I just have to do something about it. I have to communicate properly regardless of how I feel. If you think about it, a stage actor has to perform without any immediate feedback from the audience. And video interactions are no different. So like an actor, learn to trust your performance based on all the preparation you've done. As an aside, I don't think it's worth paying much attention to the feedback you get from an interviewer anyway. There's no reliable link between their response to you and whether they actually hire you. You know, you'll get some interviewers who'll smile and nod and you'll think you're wonderful and then you don't get the job. And you'll get other interviewers who play an absolute straight bat and think it's not their job to reveal any response to you. Learn to separate your performance from needing a response from the interviewer. And one of your key decisions, for example, and it's one I really struggle with, is how much to use gestures. So I'm a person who uses gestures to a large degree, probably too much. But I found with these Zoom interviews, I felt silly using gestures. And again, I had to tell myself, it's okay to use gestures. Gestures are really important because I found a strong correlation between candidates whose arms remain stationary and those who use then stilted stiff language. If you think about it, our hands normally follow our voice when our emotions or our enthusiasm are engaged. So it's a bad sign if they aren't moving when you talk in an interview. The upshot, it may feel weird, it may feel fake, but use your voice as an instrument. Back up your words with flowing hand movements and perform. Tip number three, look at the camera lens, not the screen. It's hard to like someone who never looks you in the eye. And what you may not realise, you have to look at the camera lens, not at the other person's face on the screen. Be careful that you maintain this eye contact throughout the interview. I've been having Italian lessons now via Skype for a good few years, and, and I still hate having to look at that terrible lens so that I can understand the challenge but you really need to remove your eyes from the screen and look at the lens. 
Some people suggest that you place a cut-out face around the camera lens with the lens peeking through the eyes so that you force yourself to look only at the camera lens. I'm not sure whether I'd do that, but one advantage is it would relieve any anxiety you may have about having to look at your own face because you wouldn't be seeing your own face. Okay, that's the hard part. Now let's look at the easy part. I want to look at some key technical hacks. This is the boring but important part. And there's a fair bit of technical change for you to take on board. The good news is that it's both cheap and easy. And I've got four tips for you here. So following on from the three earlier tips, tip number four is to prepare your background. Do you remember when I talked about my interstate colleague earlier, you know, the one with the weird camera placement? What she also did was have an open wardrobe behind her. So I spent quite a lot of our session checking out her clothes style and wondering exactly how tidy she was. Think about what you want your prospective employer to think of you and then you use that information to decide your video setting. Place your camera at eye level, slightly angled down. An added bonus of doing this is that it will make you feel more natural looking at the lens, not the screen. Some experts advise that you buy a photographic backdrop, so there's no background at all. It's called seamless backdrop paper. They argue it makes you look top-notch in terms of professionalism. Here, again, you're going to have to think about your culture. In Australia, if you did that, it would probably make people think you were trying too hard. And here in Oz anyway, we quite like to get a feel for what people are like outside of the workplace. So you won't damage yourself by showing a bit of your home in the background, untidy wardrobes aside, of course. So make sure the room is visually appealing, but not distracting. You want the attention to be on you, not on the room. Make sure that your face and shoulders are in full view, taking up most of the screen. And it's called the golden triangle, and it's an inverted triangle with your two shoulders forming the wider side of the triangle. And that makes sure that you are the centre of attention. And finally, in this tip number four, when we're talking about background, we're also talking about noise. We've all got used to the barking dogs and the noisy teenagers, but it would be damaging to do that in a job interview. Tip number five, prepare your IT, your gizmos and your sound. Set yourself up with plenty of time and use the following checklist for your IT. First of all, it is absolutely recommended that you buy an HD webcam camera. It doesn't cost much, but it makes a huge difference to your appearance. If you don't want to buy a camera and you insist on using your laptop camera, make sure that the camera is suited to your body. Otherwise, depending on the angle, you're going to appear to be leaning away from the interviewer or you're going to appear to be looming into their space. Don't use headphones, it's just not a good look. And get yourself a good chair. I've always thought I obeyed the rules of body language pretty well, but I found myself swiveling on my chair during a recent Teams meeting. Remove all temptation by selecting a fixed chair. Close any big programs which could be affecting your connection, especially for live video interviews that take a bit more bandwidth. Don't use a tablet or mobile phone as they tend to be more unreliable and the mobile in particular is quite inflexible in regards to layout. And finally with this tip, 
turn your phone to silent and close down your email software. Tip number six, prepare the lighting. You need to get the right amount of light in a room so that the employer is able to see your face well. Now, most of us are relying on overhead lighting, but it's pretty well a disaster because what it does is it casts dark shadows and it makes you look quite grim. So this next checklist you may struggle with. You may think it's over the top. It isn't over the top. So section number one and tip number six, buy some professional lights. You just need three clamp lights some cheap CFL daylight full-spectrum bulbs and a couple of light stands or something else to clip your lights to. Again, they're not going to cost you much money. Put two of the lights about one metre on either side of you, at least at the same height as the webcam or a little bit higher. The third light is placed behind you at the same height as the other lights, but on a 45-degree angle so that nobody can see it in the video. And the purpose of that light is to provide definition and subtle highlights. Check for glare on jewellery and on glasses. And powder your face lightly, even if you would not do so normally. Remember, those on the other side of the lens have no idea that you've made this effort. So if you feel a bit silly, they won't know. They'll just find it more enjoyable to look at you. Tip number seven, prepare yourself. It's time to put the Ugg boots and the pyjama bottoms away. What you wear is just as important as in a face-to-face interview, but there are a few more constraints with a video interview. It's recommended that you dress in solid colours and avoid patterns. So the patterned tie you might normally wear to a face-to-face interview looks terrible on a video interview. And there's a particular caveat about bright red. It just doesn't look good on a video. In addition, don't wear either white or black. The camera can't handle those colours very well. Check your hair. What I've found is untidiness seems to show up a lot more in a video interview when I'm looking at myself, and especially the wispy bits. Choose either light colours if you have a dark background or dark colours if you have a light background. Drink plenty of water beforehand so that your vocal cords are in a good state for you to hold a conversation for quite a while. Take a teaspoon of honey to soothe your voice and have a glass of water nearby just in case. And finally, don't ignore the bottom part of your body. I think it just adds to your anxiety if you have to remember the whole time not to stand up in case they see what you're wearing down the bottom. Dress professionally from head to toe. Last tip, prepare everything with a trial run. Be sure to test everything lots. Test your microphone volume. Test your webcam. Test your screen resolution. Test your appearance. Test your settings. Set up a meeting with a friend on Zoom and check how you appear. What we're talking about here is that Boy Scout motto, be prepared. In today's session, I've covered two distinct areas. Firstly, getting your head in the right space for a video interview. And then, as I said, the second element, getting your tech right. I sing at two different aged care facilities. They're a very tolerant audience. 
but I don't rely on that. I practice. I record myself singing and then I listen to it. It takes literally double the time for me to do that and it's pretty boring. But it's the only way I can discover my errors and then go back and try again and improve to the level that I think I need to be at. Your audience is not likely to be as forgiving as mine. So as I said, and as I always say, do the work. My mantra is that people will buy from people they know, like, and trust. So above all, make sure that you come across as someone normal and sensible who knows their stuff and who would be enjoyable to work with. Now this is only my fourth podcast, and I don't have any reviews anywhere, and I don't have many subscribers. If you like what you've heard, I'd love it if you could share this podcast or leave a review. And next episode, I'll focus on how uni students can start to make sure they get a good job in these difficult times. So if you know anyone in this situation, listen in. The sooner they start, the better. Remember, if you want to review what we've talked about, check out the full show notes at careerconsult.com.au. There you can find an article on the topic, an infographic or a video, and they'll summarise the different elements, and there might also be links to any other tools or resources that we've talked about today. I'll repeat that, careerconsult.com.au. And finally, I do a fortnightly mail-out of videos, blogs and infographics. If you're interested, you'll find a sign-up form on the website. As always, I'd like to finish with my hashtag. It sums up my approach to my work and my hope for everybody in the workplace. Hashtag, why not be happy at work? <laughs>